Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the host of the show. It's a worldwide open reading. No matter where you are, as long as you're in the world, you're invited to call in and read your poetry. Uh, We have no content or style restrictions, and the number to call in is area code 646-716-7362. would love to hear what you've got up your sleeves uh, poetically. This week in the middle of this hot, hot summer. Uh, So here we are, July, a bunch of things going on. We are about to start our annual summer poetry contest. This is the 19th annual Poetry Superhighway Poetry Contest. It's going to start this Wednesday. Uh, There will be uh, an email that will go out to the Poetry Superhighway list, and of course all the information will be posted on our website and a link to it on the Facebook page as well. Uh, It's it's an egalitarian contest. Uh, That's how people refer to it, which I've always felt is meant uh, specifically in terms of being equal to to men and women. But it's really more universal than that, the term egalitarian in this case, in that every single person who enters the contest, regardless of gender or any other identifying characteristics outside of the fact that you've entered, will get a prize just for entering. I just counted up the prizes that our sponsors have pledged to donate so far, and there's over a 100 of them. So I'm pretty confident that uh, this year, as we've been able to do, Every single year of our contest uh, for all of the previous 18 years, we will be able to give every single person who enters a prize just for entering. Now, that doesn't mean that the winners won't actually win the contest and get uh, get special things for that. So not to worry. It's not egalitarian in the sense that everyone wins. Only three people will win. It's going to be a $1 per poem entry fee. You, you'll pay that online with uh, with PayPal or by sending in a check. We send off the poems to the judges. The three people judging the contest will be the people who won last year's contest. Very excited that they're all returning. Uh, the, the previous first, second, and third place winners from last year will be the people reading the poems entered this year. They're going to score your poems. Uh, your names will, by the way, be removed from the poems, so they'll have no idea who, who whose poems they're reading. Uh, they're going to send them back scored and... At the end of the contest in, I think it's the end of September, beginning of October, uh, we'll know who won. And the three people who win will divide up 100% of the entry fees. Uh, 50% will go to the first place winner, 30, 30% to the second place winner, and 20% to the third place winner. Uh, on top of that, they'll be published on the Poetry Superhighway as the winners of the contest. Uh they will – oh, by the way, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, Roland Vassen, has donated an extra $250 to be thrown into the prize pot. So in addition to 50% of the entry fees, the first place winner will also get 50% of that $250, etc. 
Another anonymous sponsor donated twenty dollars. So uh, so a big chunk of money will be going to the winners. And then because of all of these amazing sponsors that we have, every single person who entered will get some kind of prize just for entering. Um, and we'll be posting that list of prizes as soon as the contest starts on Wednesday, Tuesday night at midnight Pacific time, something like that is when all of that info will be out. You could just for entering, just for entering the contest with, with one poem for $1, you're going to get something. A book of poetry, a subscription to something, uh, uh, stickers. Um, it goes on and on. It's pretty cool. So look for all that info. And if you want to get in as a sponsor, well, that can happen too. It should happen soon, though, because uh, you uh, you get the benefit of uh, the of the early early in in the promotion. What sponsors get is that their name is included in the initial uh, contest announcement. And uh, for the entire duration of the contest, you also get as a sponsor a classified inner poetry and writing classified section, uh, which is included in our newsletter and is posted online. And that's that's about three months' worth of advertising if you get in now as a sponsor because it's for the entire du- duration. You can, you can add yourself as a sponsor later, but then basically you're getting less time as a sponsor. So if you've got a book to donate or a few books or a service or something, a subscription to something, something that would be of specific interest to poets uh, who would be entering our contest, just go to the front page of the Poetry Superhighway website, which is uh, poetrysuperhighway.com slash PSH, and click on the banner right at the top there, sponsor the 2016 Poetry Contest, and all the info is there. You fill out the form, um, all the all the details on what, what you have to know are there. You have to agree to, to mail out your prizes directly to the, the contest entrance that you're assigned to at the end of, within two weeks of being notified, which would be roughly mid-October. Uh, you, you have to acknowledge that, uh, that because the contest is open to everyone in the world that you might end up sending your, your uh, prizes out to people who live in other countries than you do, which would, would incur more postage. And you have to uh, acknowledge that you're going to notify me when the prizes go out. So that way I know that they've gone out and I won't send you annoying follow-up emails. So that's the big news. Uh, we will be uh, we'll be actually uh, so launching the contest this Wednesday, and we'll be the next Poetry Superhighway live show will be in August, August fourteenth, and that will be a conversation with our three poetry contest judges. Not our typical open reading, but the judges will be uh, coming uh, on the air and talking about what they're looking for in poetry. Uh, you'll get some really good insight to to uh, to these folks who are the folks who are actually reading. The contest entries. I don't know any other contest that gives you that kind of access to the uh, contest judges. So there you go. That's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get to our open reading now. Uh, we'll be doing this for the next uh, until three o'clock Pacific time for the next fifty-three minutes or so. The number to call in is area code six four six seven one six seven three six two, or you can direct connect via Skype or by clicking the direct connect button uh, right on the. The thingy web pagey thingy that you're probably looking at and listening to the show on. All right, here we go. Our first caller is from the 951 area code. Hello. Hi, Rick. This is Steve Braff. Good afternoon to you. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for hosting the show. 
It's my pleasure. It uh, it keeps me off the streets. Otherwise, I'd I'd probably just wa- be wandering aimlessly outside, you know. And uh, it's, it's hot out there. <laughs> it is hot. Steve, Look, remind me where you're calling you. from. Yeah, I, well, I bounce about, so I'm calling you now from Los Olivos, California, which is just north of Santa Barbara in the Central Coast. Los Libos. L- Los Olivos, the olives. Uh, it's an oh, olive oh, oh, town, yes. a wine town, just north of Santa Barbara on the central coast of California. Little town, agricultural town, a couple thousand people here. Sleepy Got it. I think town. I've had dinner there once. It's where um, Sideways was filmed, which is a, a cult film for wine aficionados. I've seen it. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's not too far from uh, Solving, I think, which is uh, it, it where is my wife. Right. Yeah, where my wife and I stayed once, and I think we went off and had dinner at, uh, at in Los Los Olivos. So great! It sounds like you're yes. in paradise. I am. I am in paradise. This is true. This is true. So have so, you uh, uh, have you got a poem for us? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have a poem I'd like to share. Um, a, a very brief introduction and roll right into the poem. Rick, about a little over a year ago, uh, I was wandering early in the morning the walled-off Hyatt Hotel grounds in Kathmandu, Nepal. This was about three months before the devastating earthquake. And I, I was there searching for enlightenment. And this is a poem about what I found. The title of the poem is Sitting Shiva at the Hyatt Kathmandu. An ambling morning's will do. An ambling morning's stroll through the five-star grounds, manicured, wired, and walled. Sanctuary less than secure, the old city building blocks might just come a-tumbling through the fragile veil between me and God knows what. When, other side, I hear before see the white-robed brown man perched upon his balcony, His Vedic wail soars softly up and out and over the six foot of brick between us. Slips past my busy mind, seeps through my armored chest. So long hardened heart beat soft. To this song Same some 40 years ago, when mom died in the morning, then dad that afternoon, and my grandpa sang alone that next morning. I I remember, tallis draped and tefillin bound, eyes closed to the morning sun gently rocking, to the Hebrew rhythms in a cradle all his own. Since then, 
I join them now and again in memory deeper than bone, the cantor and the Brahmin both. We three, we all cry up and out and over. I love that's a great piece, Steve. Really well read, um, and uh, just immerses you in the uh, in the imagery there. The uh, you know older than bone is particularly uh, particularly resonates with me. Um, well done. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Uh, and I, you know I didn't know where you were going to go there when you said you were searching for enlightenment. It could have been a, a comedy piece where you you know you found. A, <laughs> You know, a group of naked people, you know, in the woods, and uh, a different kind of enlightenment uh, came about. But it was a it was a bona fide uh, uh, enlightenment that you came across. It, it was in India. Um, if, if enlightenment is about becoming free of illusion, becoming disillusioned, India is a profound powerful environment for a Westerner to spend several weeks. You'll leave with a set of expectations and you'll come back with a set of experiences vastly different and you will be changed. Um, yeah. Well, I hope to have the chance to go there and uh, and see that place Someday, um, I, I know other people who've gone there, and uh, you know, uh, and, and it, it seems to me it's not the kind of place that you go just to see the sights. You know, you go to no. to have it, yeah, to have an experience of some kind to um, to 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 learn more than more than just see. I think uh, very much so. As, as I've told family and friends, please don't go there. Um, looking for some kind of club med experience. It's anything but. Um, And any romantic visions you have of sitting at the feet of the Buddha, um, those will be quickly dispelled of. It's, It's a profoundly powerful place. It is not a pleasant place. It is deeply moving. It's a poet's heaven. It's a photographer's heaven if you draw inspiration from stunning contrast, you couldn't go to a more powerful place. Um, and it's not a, wasn't for, was not for me, was not for me a happy mm. time. Was not. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it was it was clearly an effective time, uh, though. So um, I, I'm glad to hear about it and and your perspective Thank on you. it. And anything anything going on in your world in poetry you want to let us know about? Yeah, uh, very briefly. Um, I've had a, a, another disillusioning experience. Um, I'm hard at work trying to share my work. Again, I appreciate your hosting this show as a vehicle for same. And uh, it was only about four months ago that I pulled down a list off the internet of journals that I might submit to some of the more prestigious literary journals. And as is my kind of methodical way, I you know created a spreadsheet and 
went one by one by one and uh, followed submission requirements. If there are those in the audience who know that dance, they'll appreciate how particular and challenging it can be, and given that each one is different. But I, I submitted yeah. with all expectations of something sticking, and I've been humbled. So I, I share this as encouragement to fellow listeners um, because it's just so. I, I'm humbled by the rejection after rejection after rejection. It's really extraordinary. <laughs> and uh, I'm coming off of you. You may have noticed because I've been I was frequent on your site and then I disappeared. I just got discouraged. So what's new in my world is getting over that and saying, you know, I, I love poetry, Rick, for the intrinsic joy of the writing and sharing. And if if my work isn't uh, sufficient to be published in journals, I can't control that, nor do I have to be a victim of that. I can find venues such as yours to share what moves me and hear what moves others and, and be happy with that. And that's only been the past couple of weeks finding that resolution. It was a pretty unhappy month or two. Well, you know, the, you know, consistent rejection is is uh, uh, bonds you with most other poets who submit their work. <laughs> so I, you know, it's it's not something that is is that you should find discouraging. It it really is something that 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 gives you a, a great a large colleagueship. Um, and speaking as someone who also has received many rejections and who edits a weekly journal um i can tell you it it only makes the the on for the first component of that it it only makes the times that you do get published all the more sweet and uh, and triumphant um but uh, as a journal just to give you a little insight um and everyone is different as you mentioned the the point that you mentioned about about following guidelines um and them all being different is is super important uh, be, because a lot of work goes into managing, just simply managing. Forget about reading, but managing all of the different piece, you know, submissions that come in. And when you, you're an editor of a journal, you set up a process that that allows you to uh, process uh, each submission in the same exact way. And so, if if submission guidelines aren't followed, uh, meaning you get something in an attachment when the guidelines say don't send attachments or vice versa um, or include this particular information like your bio and it has to be in third person or include a picture or don't include a picture. You know, if you don't, if you deviate from any of those and someone actually likes your work but they don't have all the pieces that they need because you didn't send it, it's like they can't use your submission. Um, or, or, And many... Uh, many editors er, publications specifically because of the huge volume of stuff that comes in will specifically say if you don't follow our guidelines we're not even going to read your work you know so so please do so it's really well well worth your while to follow the guidelines um i as an editor if someone doesn't follow the guidelines I, i um I immediately send them an email that that says you didn't follow the guidelines and here's what you missed, and I delete the submission. Uh, many right. folks won't bother to do that. Uh, you, they, you just won't hear back from them. Um, so right. it, for me, when I have you know twenty, thirty submissions I read every week or more or less, 
You know, I, I love to be able to save time by saying, oh, this person didn't follow it. I'm not going to bother with that. It just gets me right. through what I have to do quicker, you know. But that right. having been said, even when, when you get right to the content of the work, um, you know, very often you should you have to understand there's there's one person reading your work. So when when one person um, out of the thousands of people who, who may or may not like your poetry out there uh, d- decides, well, that's not for me. It's not a, a negative indictment of, of or a universal negative indictment of your work. It really just means this one person didn't like it. You know, um, that's not right. the case with right. every journal. Every journal, some journals have a staff of people or a group of people who who vet the work and and look at it. But uh, but there you go. And then the other thing to consider is very often. I know this is the case with me. I might have. 10 things that I just I love and I have to choose mm-hmm. two because I'm only publishing two poets a week you know right. and so that doesn't right. mean that I didn't like the other eight it just means I've I you know my journal I only publish two a week and, and in any other journal they, they have whatever their particular limits are right. it just means that for whatever reason this one particular piece ha- you know may have had an edge over the other piece, and that's why it got picked over the other, you know. Um, right. Or, or, or it could be, you know, this really resonates with something that happened in the news, even though this other piece I think is amazing. Just this piece speaks to what happened right. this week, or this piece matches this other piece that I'm publishing. So, there's so many reasons yeah. to not throw in the towel when you when you um, when you get the many many rejections, which which you and I and and every other poet will continue to get. I promise us all. <laughs> well, um, it's good. Uh, I appreciate that perspective and the insight that you have from both sides, and that that is encouraging. And what's most kept been what keeps me going is, is or get back into the game, Rick, is a recognition of the intrinsic joy. It's just it's a it's a joy to be able to write, and uh, um, it's a joy to be able to share in whatever venue or opportunity and just sticking with that and not getting real attached to, you know, which journal, when or why that that's been helpful for me. Cool. Well, Steve, good talking with you today. Thanks for calling in. Enjoy, enjoy the, uh, the heaven of Los Olivos and I'll talk to you next time. I will. Very good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sure. Bye. That was uh, Steve Braff calling currently from Los Olivos, California. But as he mentioned, he bounces around. God knows where he'll call in from next time. It, it could be anywhere. And I'm just I can't wait to find out uh, uh, the future of the geographical location of Steve Braff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. Uh, do call in. I've got a couple of uh, callers in the queue right now. Uh, but plenty of time for more, and I've always I found that, uh, as, as you could just tell with Steve, I tend to talk more uh, with the folks who call in earlier because there's just more time. When we get a bunch of callers at the end, I, I rush through them, and it, and it feels rushed sometimes. So I, I want you to have more time to, to read your poem, to talk about what's going on in your world, uh, in poetry, uh, etc. Here's another little thing about editing. Some of you know, uh, you may or may not know, I uh, the another project of Poetry Superhighway is Haikuniverse. It's haikuniverse.com or facebook.com slash haikuniverse. Uh, so Haikuniverse publishes 
a haiku or a, a short poem or something we consider to be a haiku, uh, uh, which and believe me, I've gotten plenty of feedback of people who just don't agree <laughs> with what we've chosen to publish. Um, but but one very short poem is published every single day, 365 days a year. Um, and it's uh, there's an email list you can get on if you want to receive the the haiku in in email. Um, as well as you can like the Facebook group and, and see the daily haiku there. Just go to haikuniverse.com and it's all right there. But as an editor, one of the things that I that's been very difficult uh, or a challenge for me uh, because I get so many submissions to Haikuniverse, um, hundreds, um, way more than I get for Poetry Superhighway, which is already a lot. And so I've really struggled to find a good way to to manage that and um, and I'm still kind of fine tuning that. I've actually been working with the people who develop the software that I use on the website um, that allows you to submit the work. Um, because I don't know if you're aware of this. If, you, if you've ever submitted work to Poetry Superhighway, we actually don't send uh, rejection letters out. I've specifically we specifically say in the guidelines that if you don't hear from us within six months, that means we didn't use your work. Um, and uh, I've been trying to find a way to actually let people know on Haikuniverse because of the huge volume of haiku that come in uh, uh, of, of, of finding a way to let people know that we're, we're not going to use their work so we just don't, don't hold it for, forever. Um, and so the, the folks who – well, anyway – I don't need to get into details of that, but but I've been working with the folks on an on an automated process of of sending out notes that uh, that let people know when we're not using their work. It's just a little insight into what we go through as editors to try to manage the huge volume of work that that uh, that comes in. It's a big deal. It's something you shouldn't be discouraged about when you get a rejection letter. Um, uh, the best of the best are rejected all the time. So all right, moving on. Uh, the number to call in again is 646-716-7362. Um, would love to hear your poem. If you've got any questions about our, our upcoming contest and how that works, um, feel free to ask that as well. You can just call in and ask a question like that if you don't want to read a poem. Our next caller is from the 412 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this? This is Michael Marotti. Hi, Michael. Where are you calling from? Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the the Pittsburgh. old the old neighborhood. Yeah, the, the old neighborhood of Andy Warhol. <laughs> I uh, well, do say hi to his his after residue for us, if if you, if you would. I I was just in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, yesterday. Uh, not exactly next door to Pittsburgh, but uh, but but certainly much closer than I am right now back in uh, Southern California. But uh, how how is it in Pittsburgh today? Oh, well, you know, the, the people are actually smiling today. The sun's out. You know, everything's kosher for the most part, which is, you know, it's kind of a rarity in Pittsburgh. It, believe it or not, it's a, it's a pretty uh, miserable, contemptuous city. I mean, you know, other people will tell you differently, but, you know, I'm telling you, you know, from from my perception, from what I see, it's, it's not the most pleasant place to live. But it's nice not – it's not all that bad of a place to raise a family, essentially. You know, you move to the suburbs, do your own thing. You know, you could get by. Cost of living's kind of cheap. 
So you've just you've just told us with it within the space of thirty seconds that it's a miserable, contentious place. That's a nice place to raise a family. Well, in, in, in the in the suburbs, you know, <laughs> I I, get I'm, it, I'm yeah. not like actually I'm not actually in you know the the the, the city part, but outside of the city, outside right. of the city, it's a, it's a, it's a little different, you know. I mean, it's pretty much a drinking town and a sports town. So if you don't drink like me. You're not into sports, you know. You're not really left with much much options, you know. I mean, Andy Warhol left Pittsburgh for a reason and never came back. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I. I you know, it's to me like a place like Pittsburgh is a place that I've never been to, and I kind of have a wanderlust. And so, to me, it seems like, man, I want to go spend a few days in Pittsburgh to to check out the town and and see the museums and and just see what the, what the place is about you know so i kind of have it in my yeah. repertoire of places to been you know it's a, and i used to i'm not really a sports fan but when i was a kid i really i really liked the pittsburgh steelers yeah yeah i mean yeah when i was a kid too you know i i kind of grew out of the whole men in tights thing you know i'm <laughs> not really too uh, big on watching men in tights you know i'd rather go to a yoga event personally sure. you know sure. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it does have its cultural advantages in, in in some aspects, but I don't know. It's definitely not uh, it's definitely not Los Angeles or New York. You know, there's not much. Sure. There's not that much that's gonna happen up here compared to yeah, you know, bigger places with more uh, more more liberal-minded people. You know. Right. I'm not saying they're all. I'm not saying they're all like that. You know, but you know, there is a. There's a good amount. I but get it. Anyways, I, so, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. You have a poem for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wrote this poem. You know, I, I'm not political at all, but I, I was actually charmed by the fact that, um, what's his name, Bernie Sanders is getting some recognition because I'm a, I'm, I'm a big, avid philosemite. So to me, this was good news. So out of that, I wrote this poem called Crucial blow against anti-Semitism. So Go here for it. it is. He has a way with words. Unfortunately, they reek of old corned beef. He has a vision, for I concur. Capitalism has a tendency to leave no crumbs on the table. The choices are slim as I tighten up my belt. This rhetoric sounds like classic punk rock music. My skepticism is still getting the best of me, but there's one thing I know for sure. It doesn't matter if you feel the burn or question the man's integrity. All the support for Bernie Sanders is a crucial blow against anti-Semitism. That's it. Cool. Well done, Michael. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad I got that out there. You know, I'm a big Woody Allen fan over here. Oh, cool. Did you, um, is there a lot going on in poetry in Pittsburgh? Do you, uh, do you participate in anything in, in person, readings or anything like that? Yeah, there used to be this one little uh, coffee shop in Brookline. Um, they, 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 they had like an open mic. It was, it was really nice. I'll tell you what, I never knew there were so many talented people in Pittsburgh. It was every Wednesday and there would be a few poets up there. Not, not that much. Uh, it was more, it was more like a musical thing for the most part. They had comedy too, but yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of things going on, but the guy, uh, I, I guess his eyes turned greener with time, and he got a good deal on the business, and he ended up selling it. So, you know, the whole poetry reading open mic thing there is obsolete. But from what I hear, my neighbor says there's like a big comedy scene in Pittsburgh. 
I mean, that, that, mm. that's what I've been told. I haven't gone to any of it. Over at Lawrenceville, they have a couple events. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, from, from what I know, there's not much going on. I mean, there is, like, uh, a spot over east, what is it, over in Bloomfield, where they do a couple poetry readings sporadically here and there. Not, nothing much. So, it's like I said before, well, I mean, a- this town, for the most part, is, is a, it's, a, it's a sports town, you know? That's okay. You know, there's 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 poetry in in sports as well. Um, just as you know, you you wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, think uh, uh, if I can draw a comparison, you wouldn't necessarily think of of the military and in poetry, for example. But it it used to be, uh, you know, a, a, a millennia ago that that you wouldn't have warriors who weren't also poets. So. Um, it, it just because it's sports doesn't mean it's it's not also uh, artistic in in some way. But to, you know you're on the you you got feet on the ground there, so uh, you you know from your own experience. Um, and it it sounds like there's a handful of things that you can do uh, in in the greater Pittsburgh area. So that's that's cool. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of them. I mean, if you spent three decades here, you know, just like anything else, this could become a rather redundant. You know, sure. you're gonna be looking uh, you know, transfer to zip codes. But yeah. Just like anything else, there's there's its ups and downs. So Right. Well, Michael, uh thank you so much for calling in and sharing a poem and uh and uh hope you call in again. Yeah, hi, right, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, my friend. No problem, take it easy. Hey. Yeah, take care. That was uh Michael calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, home of my uh, my my youthful fanmanship of a sports team, which undoubtedly is not the right way to communicate what I was just trying to communicate. I was really into the Pittsburgh Steelers as a kid. Now I I, I, I could care less about sports. Honestly, uh, uh, I'm not against it. It's just I'm just not really interested in it. But I, I remember writing a letter to Mean Joe Green who was a, a player for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he wrote me back with an autographed picture. It was very exciting at the time. All right, moving on. The number to call in is area code 646-716-7362. Uh, do call in and share your poem and tell us what's going on in your poetry world. On uh, uh, Next up here is a, uh, a block number. Hello. Block number, how are you? Hello, Rick. It's Michael from Birmingham. How are you doing? I'm good, Michael. How are you? I don't think I uh, called in last month, so but it's probably just as well. I have a poem today, and it is not a haiku. Dear God. Uh, I mean, just so it's going to be a little longer, and um, so I'll get to it. Go for it. Okay, it's it's kind of. I'm glad I waited to now because it's it's uh, it's. I wrote it last month. I actually started writing it uh, back. Um, Prince passed, and when he passed, uh, I was reading about him on the internet, and there was a cross-reference link. Uh, fa- words, uh, famous last, fa- famous people on their last words, and um, that was also about the time that uh, came up on the internet. You know, today, June 1st, is Marilyn Monroe's birthday. She would have been 90. And um, that never really, her birthday being June 1st has never been, you know, like a big deal. To me. But with that, Prince passing, and one of the people uh, quoted uh, last words was Joe DiMaggio. And those last words were, 
I'll finally get to see Maryland. I thought, wow, I just thought that was awesome, wonderful, where it's happening, what it's all about. Nothing about his career, success, just in dying, I'll finally be free from here and be able to live my life with me. They were married in 54 but had a tumultuous relationship. It was, but they actually loved one another. And I also found out in my, I, I, when these things come up, I do a lot of research and I enjoy that because they were, uh, and as I understand it, they were seriously talking about getting back together before she had the, the tragedy happen. So a couple of, You still there, Michael? Oh. Michael? Huh, you're cutting out. Uh, we we seem to have lost uh we seem to have lost Michael. Um Oh well, well, I uh, a great introduction to a poem that I hope we get to hear sometime. Michael, call back in. Maybe maybe try a landline or or something. Uh, uh uh I don't know. Um all right. Well, moving on. Our next caller is from the 310 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this? Rick? Yeah. Hi, Rick. It's Jean Colonimus calling. <laughs> hey, Jean. How are Hi. you? I'm doing okay. I've been uh, working on a project uh, that I'd like to send you the postcard uh, about up in Ventura to put on your site. We're doing the Anana Restrung Voices of Descent and Ascent um, at Art City. It's a stone garden in Ventura. Anyway, um, so can I send it to you to post? Uh, sure. Well, why don't you send me an email uh, with with the information, okay. and uh, and we'll Perfect. we'll talk about what what you mean by that. Um, you know, we have a a classified section, which is which you know we we charge for, um, but there's you can okay. also post it for for free to the the Facebook group, um, and um, that's perfect. And, and, and that's great. So so that's probably a good way to to go. But um, yeah, I mean the more and you can of course talk about it now uh, at at no charge. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, the work is based on uh, Inanna, the Sumerian queen of heaven like 3,000 years ago, who descended, it's one of the descend, somebody who descended to the underworld, but what's unique about Inanna is that she was, she was a queen, and she had all of these trappings of queendom, but she felt a great lacking in that she didn't know her, her shadow self, and she makes the choice to go down into the underworld, and the the project Anne Buxy and I have worked on over three years and done around Los Angeles um, is we put together 13 poets' work. We requested that they send in poems of descent and ascent, and what was curious about it was we got a lot of dissent and we had to make out we had to make a separate call a couple of times for poems of ascent but uh, now we have the whole the wholeness together and um it's the cast is six 
um, poets, actors, poets slash actors. It's a $5 admission, and it's a fundraiser for Art City, which I don't know if anybody knows about it, but it's this amazing stone garden in um, Ventura on uh, 197 Duber Street, and um, the stone garden is almost like a Stonehenge. You, we're doing it in front of these huge stones and at night. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a whole poetic feel. There's supposed to be uh, a full moon that night, and you can see the moon in Ventura. And um, and that's it. It starts at uh, the gates open at seven thirty, and we start at eight o'clock. That's great. And, uh, that sounds. I, I I love the whole idea of art supporting art. Uh, so uh, what a wonderful yes. project. Thank you, thank you. Um, the, I've been recently working for some reason I don't know why, both on limericks and haikus are coming out. So I've been experimenting with putting themes together, <clears throat> like three different haikus, for example, on a theme. Yeah. Um, so um, the one I want to read today is it's three haikus, and its title is The Chicken Movement. One, my pet. Thank Martha Stewart for making the raising of chickens glamorous. Two, at home with the Obamas. A petition circulates for the White House to add a chicken coop. Three, in Nordstrom's, she shops with her legal emotional support chicken. That's it. <clears throat> well, certainly um, the favorite poetry that I've heard in weeks. <laughs> uh, I like that better than anything I've written in the last uh, uh, last <laughs> couple of weeks. Well, well done. Um, Thank you. Uh, anything involving Thank chickens you. automatically, you know, is a you know, it has a leg up for me. A chicken leg up, even. It's. Uh, <laughs> I like the. Pun I think, by the way. Thank you. This this is a common uh, a thing that happens, but the name of the store I believe is Nordstrom, with no oh, apostrophe right. s. You're right. Um, and I, I only say Nordstrom, I, right? Everyone does, and but I know someone who who used to work there, and sh- and she made a point of every time anyone would say that, she would say, "Oh no, 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 it's Nordstrom," and so that kind of just <laughs> okay. got driven into my head, like you know. Uh, yes. So now it's my mission to tell everyone. You know, when that, when, you know, oh, no, no, it's Nordstrom. There's no, you know. So there you go. So that's my contribution. Let me contribution ask you something. To... If sure. you read a poem on your site, like today, um, is it eligible either to be submitted to the a contest or to your Poet of the Week thing, or is it like a one, that's it, if you just say it oh. like on Sunday. I understand the question. I understand the question. Um, uh, it is eligible. Uh, you know, I read when I read every week for for poet of the week. Uh, it, you know, it's it's not done blindly. It's not done. 
you know, think, oh, I've heard this before, therefore, I think you reading a poem out loud doesn't mean it's been published before. Um, right. and, and our specific guidelines for Poet of the Week say, you know, we even accept previously published poems, just not ones that oh. have been published published on the on the internet before. Um, so, um, oh, so okay. it's, it's no problem there. And in terms of the contest, uh, you know, it's uh, yes, but with with caution. Um, and and the same question comes up a lot when people say, "Can we submit previously published poems to the contest?" Absolutely, yes. The only caveat is that since the poems are sent to the judges with your name removed, if they happen to recognize your piece from somewhere, um, it could unfairly sway their perception or their reading of your poem in either direction. Um, and I so see. that's a risk uh, that you could take. Um, but, you know, it, for the most part, I suspect it, it affects no one. Um, but you definitely can submit submit poems that you've read uh, on you know on the show to to either project. There's no rule against that. Oh, okay. Thank you. Sure. All right. Thanks, well, listen, Rich. Jean. Thanks. Thanks for calling in, and uh, and I will uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Yes. Bye. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs> That said, Jean from Colonymous, hang not from Colonymous. Maybe she is. That's how names used to work, isn't it? Um, Jean from Colonymous, by way of Topanga, California. Um, we're gonna see if we can get uh, Michael from Birmingham, Alabama, back. I, I see the block number again. Michael, is this you? Yeah, it's me. And if I need to forfeit my time, I don't mind at all. Oh, you want me to continue uh, on? Yeah, let's let's hear the poem. Okay, a couple of solitaires, Centerfield, Joe DiMaggio, our national gemstone, the baseball diamond, center stage, made for a diamond stretch bracelet. But Marilyn understands she was created, and diamonds are not forever and heaven is not a stretch. Center field and center stage, a couple of eccentrics stepping from the frames of fame, nude of flesh and flash, Joe and Marilyn found naked and supernally, supernally sensuous. J.D. and M.M. I'll finally get to see Maryland forever. The headstone, the headstone, not in the way of the heart, dying to attend a wedding without need of lock. What really happens on earth doesn't stay on earth, out of this world. Since the initials free from the tree, the heart's not earthbound. Go on, A-O-A, not D-O-A, A-O-A, alive on arrival. According to the poet Victor Hugo, who authored Hunchback and Les Mis, to love another person is to see the face of God. To love another person is to see the face of God. Dying is merely a shortstop. To live, you only have to die. 
flat lines aren't finished sidelines, you never find the living among the dead boulevard of broken dreams. And all dreams are a break from the vision. No longer pretending, now playing as two hearts exhumed as one with the one. I am with you always. Two hearts exhumed as one in the flood of full light. Lifted off the end stage and from the end of the field out of the ballpark, breaking all records, escorted by an entourage of angels from American dream to the universal vision of a couple living, a couple living forever as lovers face to face. And the overall proper title of that long poem was Soulmates Found on American Soul. Soulmates Born from American Soul. Because I find that their relationship was Joe, an immigrant from Sicilian family, Marilyn Monroe here, and they found one another. And my, my own parents are mirrored in that relationship. My father's a Sicilian immigrant. My mother's Scotch-Irish, and uh, a native Scotch-Irish and Cherokee Indian. But there was a lot of re- there was a similarity reflection, and they married in the name of love. And ultimately, uh, Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe were born on this American soil, and soulmates born from the American soil. Okay, well, Michael, that's great. I, yeah, thank you so much for calling in, and I'm, it's great to hear a longer form poem from you. Um, I'm glad we got it back on on uh, got you back on the air um, uh, uh, to hear a bit more of your voice than we usually do. And uh, thanks for calling in today. Okay, you have a good week, and I'll talk to you hopefully, or else I'll at least listen to you next month. Sounds good. That was uh, Michael from Birmingham, Alabama. One of our uh, one of our regulars uh, typically reads very short poems, but uh, obviously that was uh, not a very short poem. Uh, so cool to hear uh, uh, hear that uh, him expanding his voice to to longer pieces as well. All right, um, got three three folks left on the line. Going to try to get to all of you in the ten minutes that we have, uh, but uh, you never know if that's going to be possible. But we'll try. Here we go. Uh, our next caller is from. The 215 area code. Hello. Hey, Rick. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? This is Hanoch Guy, and uh, first of all, thanks for publishing haikus. Sure. That's great. Yeah, we've published you uh, a few times on uh, Haikuverse. Seven. Seven. Uh, <laughs> I just sent a manuscript to publish a book of micropoems. Well, who's keeping so, track? Thanks for your encouragement. <laughs> Sure, no problem. So, uh, of another subject, I'm uh, I've been haunted and uh, visited by poems of the dead, and I'd like to read one, if I may. Please do, absolutely. The dead are helpless in the hands of the living. They retaliate by relentlessly invading dreams, stand in line to demand their dues. Some viciously as Yuri, the street bully, who still has a satisfied smirk as when he beat me up, or Marcia, who burst out laughing when I cried in her bed. Some are gentler as my parents, who reminds me of a bitter childhood 
nights of asthma attacks, unpaid loans. The dead are not helpless. They control us with nightmares and day scares. They come at us with vengeance. When we let down our guard, the living are at the hands of the dead and are pleading for mercy. Great piece, uh, Hanoch. I, I've never considered uh, how how influenced we are by the by the dead before, and that piece is really getting me thinking about that. Uh, well done. Yes, yeah, so I started with a few poems. Now I have about fifty of them that I'm compiling into a collection. So thanks for listening, and thanks the listeners for listening. Thank you for calling in, and uh, looking forward to hearing from you again. I will. Have a good All right. Take care. You Bye-bye. too. Thanks. Bye. That was uh, Hanukh Guy calling from Elkins Park, Pennsylvania. We've published him a number of times on Haikuniverse and also on uh, Poetry Superhighway. Uh, great to great to have him uh, calling. And, and what an interesting piece! The idea that you know the dead—they're not really gone. They're they're you know their memory, the the their their expectations of us really really is still kind of guiding uh guiding us uh in in a way um controlling us um uh haunting us as it were um all right moving on uh our next caller is from the 207 area code hello hello rick this is ellen sander calling from belfast maine hey ellen how are you good 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 um, it's Ellen Maybe's birthday today, so I'm going to read a short poem uh, dedicated to her because I know she's always kind of identified with the beats. And this is a poem that I, I, I wrote in Los Angeles for the occasion of a, a Jack Kerouac birthday party at Highland Grounds. Nor rain das buns at alien greenery, sancto sanctorum, nor heaters, rusty, tongue, tar, pits, so they dot corango, lust, acumen, late nights imported from New York, and lazy arms, lying legs, akimbo, tangential, jacaranda memories, all over the car. So cool. Uh, so cool. That's... The- Great piece. I, you know, Highland Grounds, of course, doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I, I remember spending many, you know, many amounts of time there, both at poetry readings and and just just going there to <clears throat> to eat and drink at a at a very cool place. Um, uh, so the, so all kinds of great memories coming about from from that. And you know, Ellen, of course, is one of these people who doesn't allow you to post on her wall on her birthday. So I think we should all just publicly post on our own walls and tag Ellen for her happy birthday messages. <laughs> make did. it a worldwide that's what I did. Uh, effort. So there you go. Yeah, that's what I had to do. I, t- you know, finally figured out that I just tagged her. So um, hopefully, hopefully she gets that. If you're listening, Ellen, happy birthday. If somebody who knows Ellen is listening, let her know that we celebrated her birthday on the Poetry Superhighway. Yay. All right. Well, Ellen, great to hear your voice as always. Um, I, I thank you for uh, signing up to sponsor. Uh, d- did you sign up as a sponsor? Am I thinking of another person that contest this year? This could be awesome. Uh, no, I'm actually going to enter this year, but I may I may oh, okay. send something in. <laughs> cool. Good. Well, uh, uh, thank you for your past participation and your future participation. How about that? <laughs> okay, great, Rick. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. 
by Ellen Sander calling from Belfast, Maine, reading a, an awesome piece in honor of Ellen, maybe uh, uh, the giggling goddess of Southern California poetry. Um, thanks so much, uh, Ellen, for calling in. From Ellen to Ellen. Uh, moving on, uh, try to squeeze another one in. Um, our next caller is from the 614 area code. Hello. Rick, what's happening? Hey. This is Vincent. What is happening? How are oh, you? Oh, hey, Vincent. Yeah, from uh, Westerville, <laughs> Ohio. How you? Yep, Westerville, uh, um, Ohio. You got it. See, yeah, I made yeah. up for not uh, realizing who you were once once you started talking um, by knowing where you were. <laughs> My spies are everywhere. It's all good. It's all good. I, it's well, look, all I, good. I don't want to run out of time, so let's hear your piece right away. Cool, cool. So this is uh, another one from my uh, book called Love Letters to Amish Country, and it's called The Return. As we return to Amish Country, we recall memories so dear, our hearts race with excitement knowing there's still much more quiet to hear. The chirping of the many birds, the crackle of the gravel road, the freshness of the food they serve, the relaxation of our temporary abode. The wave of the Amish man in his buggy, the smiles of the hotel clerks, the quietness of the countryside that makes one forget all about work, the carefreeness of the children playing, the temple of the horse's shoes, the character of the many shops, the things at which we gaze and muse, the people gathering at the markets, the fresh fruit sitting in the bins, the year-round Christmas at tis the season, the fireplace at the Amish Dorian, the cake given to us by Missy, by Sandy, the smile of Missy's friendly face, the kindness extended to us by Tony, the Brittenbach wine at the gateway place, the peace, the joy, hills and fresh air, the many road curves on the way there, the speedy wisdom of slowness is the great lesson we learn, and that's the main reason we make the return. Very nice, Vincent. You know, I just had an encounter with the with the Amish about two weeks ago. Really? I, um, I just just got back yesterday from our, our uh, vacation. We spent most of it in, in New Orleans, but we started out in Syracuse, New York, um, uh, or just outside just outside of it in Chittenango. We went to the Wild Animal Park, which is a small zoo in Chittenango, New York, and there was a large contingent of, of, of Amish people at the at the park. Uh, come who've come to look at the animals and um yeah uh it's uh um it was interesting you know because i i don't encounter the amish i don't live near them i don't don't they're not part of my regular radar and it was i just kind of wanted i didn't do this but it, it's it's because they they obviously dress and look differently you know it's uh, you suddenly are aware that that there they are um and yeah. i just i wanted to you know engage with them and and find out what they were about and 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 what brought them to the zoo and what their lives are like. They came on a bus, by the way, which which I thought was kind of interesting. But um, uh, anyway, I'm I'm actually just just about out of time. So you got anything quick you want to want to want to shout out to you before I, I, I close? Yeah, the show? yeah, yeah. Anyone can download the book. I recently put it on uh, a website, and anyone can download the book for free at www.free-ebooks.net. And just goes right under the poetry section called Love Letters from Amish Country. And they can download it for free there in the PDF format. So you can get the entire Fantastic. Book and, uh... Vincent, right, I'm going to cut you off there because I, I need to close out the show. But no uh, thanks for calling in. Very cool that you're offering your book for free, and I'll talk to you next time. 
Um, that was Vincent from Westerville, Ohio. Thanks, everyone, for calling in. I just got 20 seconds to say goodbye. Look for our contest start announcement this Wednesday. Um, anyone can enter just a dollar for Poman. You can still get in as a sponsor as you want, and you get cool benefits. All that info is on our website at poetrysuperhighway.com. A great show today. Thanks, everyone, for uh, helping us bring poetry to more and more people. Bye. <laughs>